Welcome to season two of Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I am Arielle Shaw, founder and president of Southern Crescent Women in Business, where here we want to increase your bottom line and create generational wealth that lasts way beyond you. It is 2022 and it's the year of action. We cannot have done this without our amazing sponsors. We are sponsored this year by the Alzheimer's Services Center of Morrow, Georgia. Visit them at asc-ga.org. Visit Extreme Fun on Wheels for all of your kids' party needs. Visit them at Extreme, with an E, funonwheels.com. We could not have done this without Sherry DeVals-Denard of State Farm Insurance. Visit her at sddinsurance.com. And let's not forget Tyronica Carter of Radiant Styles at Radiant Styles Jewelry, the number two, dot com. Visit Kim Mays of State Farm at CoveredByKim.com. And Page Testing Solutions at PageTestSolutions.com. We are in Season 3 of Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship I am your host, Arielle Shaw. All right, and welcome to another episode of Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship. I am Arielle Shaw, president of Southern Crescent Women in Business and host of Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship podcast. So today, I think this is probably the first time we've been able to bring um, one of our media sponsors on, which is Sherry DeVals-Denard, and she's been a media sponsor for the past two years, so I don't know how this is your first time on the podcast, (laughs) but uh, listen, you're on it today, and we really want to, one, welcome you and um, talk a little bit about women, wealth, and entrepreneurship. And of course, one of your favorite things, of course, is going to be insurance and how how that actually can assist in the wealth creation side. So um, welcome, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So this is going to be mainly to listeners who maybe haven't seen you on our other platforms, because again, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on um, your Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, the video may or may not accompany this, so we really want people to hear and listen. So mm-hmm. for those who do not know who Sherry is, can, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure can. So, hey world, this is your girl, Sherry. Um, my name is Sherry devaus and You can find me on social media under those tags, uh, SDD Insurance. I'm the owner of a State Farm agency located here just south of the Atlanta airport in McDonough, Georgia, the industrious McDonough, Georgia, I like to say. Um, I, specialize in, I specialize in all lines of insurance, um, auto, home, life, uh, small business, health insurance. We even have pet insurance. So, um and banking we also have banking products so that's a little bit about me from a professional standpoint I can give you a little bit from a personal standpoint um let's see I've been in um, insurance now for 
more than three years. Although my business has been open for three years, I've been more than um, three years in in the insurance, just kind of dabbling in it before I made the plunge to open up my own office. Before that, um, you know, I always joke and say I was a legal dope dealer. So I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for, man, uh, over 20 something plus years. So do the math there. I started when I was 10. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, I, you know, a lengthy career in pharmaceutical um, with Merck and company in various roles and positions there. But very passionate about what I do, passionate about what I do um, here in the insurance space. The opportunity to talk to people about protecting their families and everything you worked hard for. Um, I take very seriously. So I enjoy what I do. I'm very passionate, passionate about what I do. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in uh, business management. I have a master's degree also in leadership and organizational effectiveness. All right. And um, you're a mom and, and, a, and a new and a new grandma. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're a Gigi. I'm a Gigi. That's my title. That, that's amazing. So, you know, one, congratulations on that. Um, so even with um, talking about, you know, legacy, you, you now are pretty much, you have a legacy you have to protect as well. Cause now you're, you're not just a mom, but you're a grandparent. <laughs> so, so talk a little bit one, you know, this is national insurance month. I know you're, you're doing a, an article for our new fall magazine, but talk a little bit about one, why is it important to, um, why is insurance important when you're building legacy and building wealth? Yeah, so why is it important? It's so many different reasons why it's important, but I'll start with the primary reason. You want to protect what you've built. I mean, beyond the right now. And, and I want to get people out of that whole mindset of thinking about just now the present. And that's important. Don't get me wrong. It is. But think about the legacy that you want to build for those that are coming behind you so that everything that you've worked hard for, you know, you're, you're building it not just for the moment. You're building it for a lifetime. You're building it for a legacy. And so when you're gone, you want people to remember you in such a way that, wow, you know, had she not had put that in place, this would not have been possible and so on and so forth. So it is, I think it's our position to try to teach you to think, it's a paradigm shift in how we think. And, and I'm not saying that not everybody's already thinking that way, maybe, maybe not, but I, I just think that we, there's an awareness that needs to happen and a paradigm shift I'd like to see happen as, as far as generational wealth. Now, we talk about life insurance, life insurance, life insurance all the time, but there is, it really is a thing, people. It really is a thing. And, you know, these, uh, what do you call it? The Facebook, uh, go live, what is it? Go fund me. That's it. That is not life insurance. <laughs> go fund me is not a plan. That is a failure to plan. Okay. So what I'm saying is have a meaningful conversation with an expert like myself to talk about customizing that plan and put it in place. Now we talk about wealth building. Now, what does that look like from life insurance? Because people think life insurance, oh, that's death insurance. I've heard that like, it's stop. It's, it's synonymous, but not really. Life insurance can have living as well as death benefits because you don't have to actually die, depending on the type of insurance that you get, you don't have to actually die to effectuate that 
or, or actually pull from that policy. Um, that is what we call a permanent type of policy. I really like those policies. Before I go there, let me just say this. You can have more than one type, by the way. You can have more than one life insurance policy in place because I get that all the time. Like I have one, I'm good, I'm at work. I have one through work. You can have more than one policy, people. And actually, I encourage you, strongly encourage you to have a policy outside of your job because you don't know if you leave that job or that job leaves you, that policy does not follow you. And so you want to make sure your, your family is protected by your by your might and your will, not just because of a job. So I'll say that. You know what? I, I want to jump in here, Sherry, and I don't know if we've ever covered this on anything that we talked about before, but what I find, and I, and you know, because I'm the daughter of two military um, veterans and, you know, we'll soon be, you know, having Veterans Day coming up. And actually we have a little bit of a feature for veterans in our next magazine. Um, but what I find is when they join the military, every single one of them gets a policy. So I don't know if that's something you guys are aware of just on the insurance side, but every person that joins gets a policy is paid. Um, most of those policies range between roughly $400,000 policies. What happened and what we found out during the pandemic when a lot of these folks were looking for additional funds and that sort of thing, that if you did not turn over that policy, and I think you had a certain amount of time, maybe a year or, or less, I, I don't remember the exact number, where if you didn't kind of switch it over to somebody that can manage it, it went away. <laughs> so so um, the, it, 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 it disappeared when you, when you got out, when you retired. Um, and you only had, like I said, that certain portion of time. And I find that people, and you know, again, I don't have all that information in front of me, but it, it definitely had an opportunity for people to cash out that policy. And if they didn't have that information or didn't do what they needed to do in order to make sure they kept that policy that they already had, mm -hmm. um, then of course, they didn't have the ability to use those funds that were built up. And I think that's just a prime example of basically what you're saying. If you have a policy that's with another employee or another employer rather, or um, a previous employer, you wanna make sure one that it can transfer or if it doesn't transfer, what do you need to do if you've already paid in it, et cetera. Um, because again, it's not just a death benefit, but it's a living benefit as well. Um, so again, this, this podcast is Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship. I've seen where I'm just use people that I know, <laughs> where they have literally put policies out um, on, you know, their kids or whatever and they've cashed those policies one for those kids to use for school or for them to use in other um, areas and I think that is something that we're we don't talk enough about I don't know why 
Um, but, but that's why I'm talking to you today. Cause I want you to talk a little bit about that. Um, and I'll just be honest with you. My grandmother did it, <laughs> you know, and my grandmother is 10 kids is 50 some grands, 30 some great grands. So, you know, and, and I'm going to be honest, my grandmother, cause I have two, this maternal grandmother, she didn't go to college, you know? But they were smart enough to know what they needed to do. <laughs> and I find that those who are a little more educated, they're still not really utilizing these tools that, you know, our grandparents were using back in the day. <laughs> so talk a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit why you think you, you were not seeing um, people utilize this to the, the best of their ability or, or is it a lack of knowledge? What is it? So I think you nailed it and let's talk about it. That's what we're doing, right? We're talking about it. I think it's a lack of knowledge. There could be this misunderstanding about, you know, how it actually works. I believe our generation, when I say our generation, I'm a grandmother now, right? We had this, you know, we had this, I don't know, we had this sense of, um, urgency around putting something like that in place and ensuring that our people were protected. I don't really know what's happened with the generation, to be honest, to, to I don't know if they just don't trust it or there's different schools of thoughts around, you know, how we spend our money in the insurance realm. You know, you have the Dave Ramsey concept where you get the term insurance and you save the risk, right? You have some philosophies around that. Um, and what you just described was a whole life insurance. And then there's term insurance. And so basic understanding of what those two things mean and then how they both operate is really critical so that when you're working with your agent, um, you're customizing a plan that makes sense for your, your specific family situation. I don't typically believe there's a cookie cutter approach for each one. Like you should have it, you should have it this way and that way. I think everybody has something unique going on in their family that the agent needs to understand so that they can customize that. But what you describe, like what your grandmother did is called a whole life. That's the one that's permanent and accumulates cash value by way of dividends being paid inside that policy. Now it does take time for that policy to accumulate that cash value, but it's one tool of many tools in the toolbox that you can put in, put in place for your family, your children specifically. Now, why put it on a child? Because, you know, again, people immediately think if you put this on your child, you're kind of jinxing the child and the child's going to die or whatever. Um, no, no, you're doing it because you expect that child to live and live abundantly is why you're doing it. And so if you put it on a child, the younger you are, the I say life insurance is on sale when you're young and healthy. OK, <laughs> so the, the younger you are, the more affordable that insurance is. So it's almost like you're freezing that child's age at that, at that rate forever in their insurability. Insurability means, because people think, oh, I, I got time, I can get life insurance, I can get it at any time. That's not true. Life insurance is a privilege, folks, and not everybody qualifies for it. Let me say that again, because I've had the, I have to tell people, um, you know, I'm sorry, unfortunately, your policy did not issue. And they're quite shocked about that because they think they had time. You know, I can I can call them now that I'm sick. Oh, I know I need it now. 
doesn't quite work that way because now you, your risk factors have changed. Um, and so that doesn't mean that you're going to qualify for life insurance. So I urge people put a sense of urgency around getting that in place because it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to, to get it tomorrow. I mean, anything can happen. Accidents happen. A, a, a sudden uh, unexpected diagnosis can happen um, that renders you under, uh, you know, uninsurable. So please put that in place. So putting it in place for your child is a legacy type of deal. I say it's like um, a gift that keeps getting. It is one of those was one of those things that the, the kids are going to grow up one day and it's something they can sink their teeth into and they're actually going to come back and thank you for that. Now they can care less right now. They rather have the Jordans, they rather have the video game and that's fine. But this is something that you're actually gonna put in place that they can sink their teeth into and they're gonna thank you for it. Why are they gonna thank you? Well, I'll tell you why. When that child is of age, when they become an adult, maybe they're getting their first house, for example. Well, now that is going to be on the asset side of the balance sheet. When they go for that first loan, they're gonna see that cash value that's accumulated in that policy and that's going to potentially help their DTI or their debt to, to income ratio, right? Or like you said, maybe they're getting ready to go to college and they need those books. And yeah, they can pull from that, that cash value to get those books. Or maybe they don't touch it at all. And then when they have their own children, they pull that cash value out and pay up a policy for that child. And now you can see it rolling over generation to generation. That's what they call old money people. That's where you start building some old money. And that's the good stuff. <laughs> that's the good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, so, we can. So, so I'm glad again that you're mentioning this because, again, I, I just want to reference this is called Women Wealth and Entrepreneurship. So, we want to make sure that we're highlighting and talking about those tools that will create wealth. And, and I, I like to say wealth versus rich. <laughs> do, do, t- tell me what you think that difference means, Sherry. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, wealth is sustainable. Wealth is something that, you know, it's money is going on when you sleep. That's wealth. I mean, your money making money, you sleep and you wake up, the money just built. I mean, that's what you call wealth happening. Rich is you're going to be broken just a minute because <laughs> your money's not working for you. You working for that money, you know. you right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and more importantly, you know, it's typically generational. Um you you find that um, those who begin to understand how money works, <laughs> um, they want to make sure that their family understands that. They want to make sure those around them understand that. Um, and they usually position their family to have maybe what they didn't have. So yeah. uh, again, you know, you're a new grandma or wait, wait hold on. I, I tell me the name again. <laughs> Gigi. Oh, gee. <laughs> All right. So you're a new Gigi. Tell me what that means as you're creating your legacy. What are some tools that you know, just being an insurance what are you going to do for your legacy now? I mean, because it's expanding, it's growing. Yeah, I mean, it's literally right in front of you. <laughs> it is live and happening. <laughs> I am super excited to be a Gigi. 
And um, I feel privileged and I want to not only put something in place that she can sink her teeth into, but like you said, it's all for not if you're not teaching our children how to build wealth. You can't just hand them over the money and say, you know what, I did my part, go, go for it. No, you need to teach these kids how to cultivate and, and make that money grow generation over generation. So that is something that you have to expose these kids to early, early to financial literacy. Um, and that's a whole nother segment, right? But you talk, so to answer your question, you can put a policy on a child as young as 14 days old. So as for Gigi, um, it is my intention to uh, put a whole life, limited pay whole life on the baby at 14 days old for maybe $250,000. That's a permanent policy that's going to accumulate cash value. Limited pay means, think of a mortgage. You can do, you can pay off a mortgage in 10, 15, or 20 years, right? Versus whole life is for 100 years. So for a child specifically, I don't recommend doing 100 years. Do 10, 15, or 20 years, get it paid off. So well after it's paid off, it's still going to accumulate cash value as if you're still paying for it. So imagine when that kid is now 30 or 40 years old, they're going to have six figures of cash value sitting there that they can maybe start their own business. Wink, wink. You know, maybe, like I said, pay in a, a, a pay up a policy for their kid or their grandchild, but teach them to do so. And that is my that's my job right in the village. I'm going to be teaching her how to do that. One tool of many, but that's one. Um, 529 plan now. I fully expect that child to go to school and educate herself. <laughs> but again, uh, that's going that's going down a road other than insurance. But as a uh, grandparent or a GG or however you want to phrase it, we are leaders in the tribe, and it is our responsibility to ensure that the next generation has the opportunity to do exactly what you're doing times ten. You know, you got to expose them and, and give them a best, the best opportunity to do that. And fi finances are a big part of it. But you just, you can't open a business nowadays with zero. Finances are a big part of it. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. So you guys, uh, when I say you guys, I mean State Farm. State Farm now has banking. Um what does that look like? Are you guys like a regular bank? Are you guys um, having um, high yielding interest, certain accounts? Um, what, what does the banking side of State Farm look like? So State Farm has an alliance with U.S. Bank. And through that alliance with U.S. Bank, uh, we offer checking, we offer savings, we offer credit cards with, um, you know, points that can accumulate just like, you know, any other bank credit cards that you have out there. One of the advantages of going through us um, to um, secure a credit card, for example, if you use that credit card to pay your premiums, then you get a 3% cash back um, for points, point value, I think it is how that works. But um but it's almost like you're getting a 3% discount on your um, insurance because you're going to pay it anyway. So pay the credit card instead, <laughs> you know, uh, attach it to your bill, let it automatically pay your bill, get the 3% and pay the bill off. Um, if you're responsible enough to do that. Um, there's also loans. Um, you can get loans 
um, auto loans through a different route. There's, I mean, anything you can think of a bank we can do. Now we don't service it though. So we can open it up at the local level through the agent's office or even remotely, but you'll have to, it's all virtual. Um, there is no walk in and make deposits in the office. We open it up and then U.S. Bank kind of handle, handles it from there. All right, awesome. All right, so what what else do we need to know about Sherry that, um, again, um, those who maybe have not heard you on our Women Live TV or those maybe who, who have heard you on Women Live TV, what, what else do we need to know about Sherry, you know, going down the entrepreneurship role as a woman, um, building, building um, your legacy? Um, what, what do we need to know? Oh, wow. Um, lots of layers, right? Uh, I always say that, right? There's many layers to, uh, to Sherry because it's true. But, you know, what you guys need to know is that you will be getting a very confident, passionate agent in me. Um, I'm going to go to bat for my customers. I'm going to educate you so that you can make a clear, conscious decision about your choices in insurance. And, you know, I'm going to make recommendations because I am the expert. Um, I don't expect you guys to come to my office, all the answers. Um, it is my job and my team's job to make sure you guys understand it. We, we don't believe in talking over your head, for example, um, but we do want you to understand exactly what you're signing up for uh, versus just being factional and you feel like you, you're good. I have full coverage. I'm good. No, it's more than that. So, you know, that's the experience that you'll have in my office professionally. As an entrepreneur, I'm here for, you know, I'm here for it. If, if you want to be in insurance and you think that's what your path is or just business in general, call me, make an appointment. I'm always happy to have that conversation with you because it is something that you don't want to just jump in without um, doing proper research. You want to understand what it is that you're getting into, um, shadow someone in that industry, uh, do the research. I always say that that's just the, the, you know, the education part of me. I believe in understanding the market that you're jumping in to make sure that it's going to be a fruitful venture um, and that you're well prepared for that fruit, fruitful venture, meaning that any business that you start, you can expect to grind the first two years. I mean, don't look to, to profit. If you break even, you're winning. <laughs> so I want to make sure that people have realistic expectations when you're going in business, whether that's a woman or a man or whoever, whomever, um, have realistic expectations and make sure whatever it is that you're preparing to go to market with, the market actually needs it. Understand your market. But there's a whole case study that we can, again, that's a whole nother podcast right there. <laughs> but just oh, off yeah. the surface. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I just, as an, as an entrepreneur, just understand that what you put in it is exactly what you're going to get out of it. Make sure you're well prepared from a financial reserve standpoint so that you can properly market your business. You can, if you need to hire people to, you know, to take care of things, that's why you put a business plan in place so that you can have those projections. So you can see that. So that's not a surprise to you so that you can you can kind of level yourself. You can pace yourself. Right. So, so you, you let me tell you, you going, you going in, <laughs> you know, and, and the, and a lot of these things, of course, you know, um, 
if you're in our area, um, well, we actually had somebody out of Florida. If you're in our area, we cover a lot of this. We cover everything in our cohort. But I, but I want to get a little bit down into one, Sherry. Why, why insurance for you? Um, why is this an important um, industry one for you to be in? Um, and it, I mean, just why did you decide to go in that direction? I believe in faith, to be honest. Um, I, I love helping people first and foremost. And this is a, a wonderful area where if you know, if you know better, you do better. And um, there's a lot to offer in this area where, where people don't even know there, there's a gap of protection and insurance is protection. And unfortunately, a lot of people just think, ah, oh, it's another bill not just the bill people, because I've never had anybody come to my office and say, man, I'm glad I got the cheapest insurance right after that accident. <laughs> now, you want to know that everything that you worked hard for is protected against the unexpected. And for me, insurance provides me a platform to be able to, to educate people, to talk to people, and hopefully leave them in a better position than when I found them. And um, it's just a natural for me to, to um, be willing to help people and educate people. And, and like I said, it also allows me to get in a community in a way that I've never been able to get in before, at least not at the level that I'm in, in the community. So, so I, listen, I, I want to go slightly deeper. Tell me, tell me what in your background is pushing you or have pushed you in this area. Did you see... Um, did someone model this for you or did you see where, okay, had I known this, you know, I wish we had this when we were growing up. Tell me a little bit, just get it, get a little deeper <laughs> as to why you specifically are doing this. Yep. I actually got introduced to insurance when I was in college and state farm to be specific. I had a intern in the claims department for two semesters and I really loved it. And um, I loved going out. We used to go out to different, to different areas like the, um, what do you call it? The uh, repair shops. We interacted with the customers. Just a whole gamut of different areas in the claims. And I thought, wow, this is awesome. You get to help people at their worst possible time in life and educate them on their coverages. It just really felt good. But life just took me down a different path. And um, I ended up in the pharmaceutical, which was also awesome because medicine, of course, you're helping people there as well, but just in a different way. But for me, it came back full circle um, back in 2016, actually. And a uh, state farm recruiter reached out to me. So it was familiar to me because, you know, many moons ago I had worked in insurance and I loved it. And, uh, and so it just came, God just presented it back to me back in 2016. And, um, well, what made this different, of course, I, I was going to own it. I, they were offering me ownership, something that I had never done before. And you said, had I seen it modeled? No, I, I, <laughs> I don't have anyone in my immediate family that was an entrepreneur. So that made it very uh, frightful, to be honest. And so I didn't make a move in 2016 Um I didn't fully get in the, in the swimming pool, if you will. I started splashing my feet around <laughs> because I was afraid of what was in the pool uh, because it was unknown. And this kind of goes into that whole lean into discomfort and pushing past your fears. Um, 
but I knew back when I was a teenager that this was something that was very passionate to me. But like I said, it just, life just took me down a different path for whatever reason. And I ended up in pharmaceutical. Um, bring it back to 2019 when State Farm was offering me the opportunity to own um, for the number one company in America, in America uh, I decided to just go for it and take a risk. Um, it was a calculated risk and I did a lot of uh, research. I started doing my business plan to understand the market and I just went for it because I knew I was passionate. It was in my heart to do it and so I did. And um, here I am. I know that's not maybe the the pretty answer you were looking for, like, oh, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be an insurance agent. I can't say that. I can't say that. Um, I just think God has a, um, you know, a path for us all. And I just followed what he was leading me to do. That really is my honest answer there. And, and I appreciate that. Um, and, and let me ask you, and this, this is where we're going to wrap this up. So you mentioned God a, a couple times. H how does uh, your faith play a role into you as an entrepreneur, as a woman, as a woman in business, as um, a minority woman? <laughs> I mean, everything. How, how Can you talk a little bit about that? It is everything. It really is everything. And I don't proclaim to be a prophet or anything like that. Let me just say that right now, but I believe there's a God. And I believe he is leading us, you know, everything that we do is designed to give him glory and to move his uh, mission forward. And I, we all have our part. We all have our um, assignment, I like to call it. We all have an assignment. And if you're asking him what his will is, everything else will follow. So have, have do it for the right reasons do what you do for the right reasons and always ask God for discernment and direction and to lead and guide what it is that you're seeking to do to make sure it's in alignment. Cause it may not be, <laughs> I mean, it just really may not be. So I'm a big believer that you have to put that first and foremost and pray about it. And if you're convicted and you know, in your heart, you know, that is what he's leading you because we all have choices there, Ariel. We, we have a choice. We have freedom to choose. And sometimes we choose to go down a dirt road versus the paved road. <laughs> and uh, I've gone down many a dirt roads and I just, I've learned to yield and, and pray and, and, and try to be, um, what's the right word here? I try to be um, obedient. <laughs> I haven't always been. I've made many mistakes because I wanted to do it my way. And believe me, life gets a whole lot easier when you when you realize you're not really in control. And, <laughs> and that's with everything. Even the smallest things in life, you need to realize, you need to be asking God, what is it that, okay, where, where are my keys even? Ask. And ask and it shall be given. You might not get it, you know, there's an answer to everything there that you're doing if you just ask and be obedient. I, and that took a long time to get to that point to realize that, you know, you bump your head a lot. And, um, and when you, you know, when you're bleeding, you figure out, oh, well, you need to do it this <laughs> You need to do it his way and not your way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> 
So, you know, again, thank you, Sherry, for joining us for Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship. If you want to leave something for those who are, for a woman, a woman who is, you know, looking to get an entrepreneurship, who's looking to build wealth um, for not just herself, but of course, wealth, when we say wealth, we're, we're looking beyond us initially, at least that's the way it should be. Um, leave, leave some words that we, we haven't heard from you before. Get after it, people. The world owes you nothing. The world owes you nothing. If you want it, you have to get after it. That might mean that you're going to fail, get back up. That might mean that you're going to stay up late. So what? You'll sleep over the weekend, whatever it is. But you have to decide that you want it bad enough, that you're willing to sacrifice some time, that you're willing to go after it. And I don't want to say anything illegal, of course. Don't do, you know, don't do that. But be prepared to get, to get after it and don't give up. And it's not going to happen overnight. And if it does, hey, that's all, all the better for you. But don't put a time period on it. Success might be two years from now. Success might be five years from now. But don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And I've said this before. I'm going to say it again, though. You need a network. <laughs> so you need a network. Get off the island and go get your network, okay? Absolutely. All right, Sherry, how do we find Sherry DeVos Denard? <laughs> In North Carolina with my grandbaby right now. But ordinarily, you would find me at 422 Highway 155 South in McDonough, Georgia. You can also go on my website, www.sddinsurance.com. You can also find me on Facebook and the Sherry DeVos Denard State Farm Agent. Instagram at your agent, Sherry. You can also find me on Twitter. And I can't remember the, the hashtag there. It might be SDD. <laughs> and my phone number is 678-782-3005. I look All right. Uh, awesome, Sherry. And you don't just serve Georgia. You serve how, how many other states? I serve um, neighboring states, Georgia, not Georgia, I'm sorry, Alabama, South Carolina. I can write life insurance in North Carolina only. All right. Awesome. All right. And we're looking at maybe having another uh, state farm, you know, somewhere else. We don't know. <laughs> that, that, there goes that legacy. <laughs> But again, thank you, Sherry. Go ahead and enjoy, enjoy your grand um, kisses oh. to your daughter and son-in-law <laughs> and your new baby. And mm -hmm. I appreciate you guys for coming on again. This is Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship. I am Arielle Shaw and find us where all podcasts are. Have a great one. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Women, Wealth, and Entrepreneurship. Again, I am your host, Arielle Shaw, founder and president of Southern Crescent Women in Business. 
find us at www.scwibga.org. Again, thank you to our sponsors, the Alzheimer's Services Center of Morrow, Georgia, Extreme Fun on Wheels, Sherry DeVos Denard State Farm, Tyronica Carter of Radiant Styles, Kim Mays of State Farm Insurance, and Page Testing Solutions. Thank you for joining us.